Hi, it's Watercolor with Wendy again, and I'd like to talk about the ocean today. I live near the ocean on the west coast of California. Used to live on the east coast with the um, Atlantic Ocean nearby. And the ocean, of course, has been, just like the sky, one of the most popular subjects for painters over the centuries. And why is that? I think it's because the ever-changing nature of it and the way the light interacts with the clouds and the water. I've been thinking especially about the ocean as a painting subject. Now, I am quick to tell my students that one of the best things you can do as you're trying to open your artist eye is to forget what the subject matter is and translate that subject matter into terms that the artist can actually execute. So if you think about the ocean, uh, first of all, it would be virtually impossible to sit by the ocean looking at the waves coming in and try to paint that as it's moving. You would never be able to get the details. You might get a, a feeling of splashing paint across the page, but you're not going to get the beauty of the shapes, the intricate shapes of the white foam and the, especially the colors, the full range of often blues, but also many, many other colors that you see in the ocean uh, that create a, a spectrum of hues that is so beautiful, especially like the combination of tiny shapes versus big smooth shapes. It makes a perfect subject for a painting, which is really an adaptation of what we see in the world. Now, every painting, you want to have contrast. If you want it to be a uh, work of art, a work of fine art, that is telling, is a vehicle for expressing something about your experience as a human being that can be translated into other people's experiences. So this could this could be uh, universal. It can cross boundaries of language and countries, and also through time. So that's why we can look at beautiful paintings by Turner and other artists many many years back, and we see maybe a painting of of water or the ocean, and we can still get that feeling of the human experience that that artist had while looking at this phenomenal piece of nature. I'm thinking about this ocean idea because of an upcoming um, workshop that we're doing on Zoom. I'm doing a series of workshops on Zoom about different artists, and we examine the artist's uh, style and intentions and uh, why it is a famous artist, why a painting might be worth at our last one, $92 million of uh, Edward Hopper. And we're going to do um, Winsler Homer next, another East Coast artist who did a lot of paintings of the ocean. But why would his paintings of the ocean be long-lasting and eternally um, interesting to the public? Why is it in museums versus somebody else's painting of the ocean that just disappears into obscurity over the time? Because it really was not a work of fine art. Now, of course, there's a lot of undiscovered great artists, but I'm talking about, can you tell the difference between a great work of art and one that is just kind of a cliche painting? 
even if it's technically good. So looking at the ocean, we could be mesmerized for hours looking at the sea, but how are we going to translate that into a painting and our experience of, of that, that time that you, you spent looking at the ocean? So I use, of course, photographs because you want to freeze, <laughs> freeze the shapes. And then choosing the material is important, choosing the right uh, angle and the right um, combination of shapes that will fit into a rectangle and make, a, make a, a wonderful composition that has all these elements of contrast, of light and dark, that's important, of um, opposite colors, that means bright color, also bright colors versus dull colors, and then a range of hue, as many colors as, as can be seen. Even if there's one dominant color like blue or dominant color family, such as dull colors that you might emphasize for a certain mood or bright colors for a different mood. But you still need to have the opposite to show it up. Opposite values, opposite colors, opposite hues, opposite color families, but other opposites too, other contrasts, such as hard lines versus soft lines in watercolor. You can't have all fuzzy lines. The world doesn't appear that way. Maybe you think it does, and you can't have all hard edges because that is very harsh and that is not the way the world looks. So it, it requires deep observation of nature to do a, a painting of the ocean or a wave. So I'm, one thing that um, I, I, I really am ex extremely grateful for with the pandemic, if there is something positive about it, is I was able to contact more students in different locations through Zoom. So now we have a, a sort of family of artists that get together on Zoom, either for one of these sessions with the Secrets of the Great Watercolorists, but also on, on Patreon, which is my subscription website where we have people from all over. Also, on, uh, in a way, we have this family of people on uh, Anchor, but it, it is an interactive, at least on Patreon and through our Zoom sessions which are free to, uh, to Patreon members, then we can have people from Australia or people from England all, all over and different parts of the United States of America. So I really enjoy that because we can talk about art in a way that crosses boundaries. So coming up on uh, July 8th, we're going to talk about Winslow Homer, an East Coast artist and especially his paintings of the water and we were going to look at how did he do that why did he frame it a certain way and not that we're going to copy exactly although I do a demonstration of some of his techniques and also how to, how to paint in his manner or what he was trying to express using my own subject matter and it's often a little hilarious because it's very very difficult for me to paint in another artist's style but it's kind of fun to try, and some people after the class, they try to, although not all the people that come to these sessions are artists, they just like art. So that's my, um, my thing that I'm looking forward to, is exploring the life of Winsler Homer, and why did he paint the sea, and what do we see when we look at his paintings of the ocean, and how can we get that spirit of what is, what is going on in his experience that we can emulate or reflect upon if we try to paint that way too. Now I always, of course I always go back to painting the way I, I do but I learned something 
uh, possibilities that I hadn't considered in different ways of using contrasts by forcing myself to paint that way. And then we have a discussion afterwards about uh, changes in our way of perceiving what is fine art and how do we look at art rather than looking at artwork as as objects or consumer objects that we would want to say, oh, I like that or I don't like that. Instead, we're learning to look at art for what we can experience. And as art students, what we can share and learn from other artists. So of course, this is a subject that goes on and on. You never get tired of it. There's controversy involved, but it's a fun kind of controversy. And often people say, oh, I get it in a new way. It's an opening up of that artistic thinking that ultimately is going to help us paint better. So you're welcome to join us on Patreon or sign up for one of these um, Secrets of the Great Watercolors on wendysonison.com. You can get information. All right, that's it for today. Hi, it's Watercolor with Wendy. Today, I wanted to talk about the um, little videos that I've made on my website because I realize a lot of people, especially on Anchor, are not aware that I offer 10 free uh, little mini lessons. They're actually made for my the students that sign up for my classes for two reasons. One, I want them to be sure that they understand my particular approach to watercolor, which is the, I call it the fine arts approach. Um, it's, it takes a little while to explain that, but it means that we are not really just doing it just for a hobby. We're doing it to create a new uh, endeavor that's going to affect our lives in many deep ways. So I have made, and so I want to make sure they understand a couple of things. And the 10 mini lessons cover it. And if you go to my website, wendysonison.com, it just says 10 watercolor mini lessons. So you can look at them. They're short. And I, so I cover things just to, so they won't be too surprised when they come in the class. But it's also for people to just wonder, well, what is my approach as opposed to other watercolor teachers? And it starts by talking about materials and getting the right materials. And I show pictures and you know, how the materials work and how I set up my own paints and so on. And then we get into color theory and how to use the brush and all the little basics that I do cover in the first lesson. But it really helps me for the students to come in and not be too uh, surprised that I'm teaching differently from other teachers. So I just wanted to be sure that everybody that wanted to look at those those little uh, lessons, because this is all verbal on Anchor. And you can see these little um, little videos that I've made that show just a little inkling into what I do in the classroom. So you might want to do that. And uh, there are other things on the website that you could be interested in as well. You know, there's updates on my classes and my Zoom classes and things. But, you know, some people just aren't really that interested in painting. They just want to talk about painting or they want to think about painting or they want to hear other people talk about painting. And that's that's also what I'm doing here on Anchor because we all are artists inside and we are all potential viewers of great art and being able to understand and appreciate great art, which unfortunately isn't really taught in the schools anymore. Not in this country, maybe other countries. So people have this big blank 
part of their lives where they they might go to an art museum because it's fun to go with your friend and have lunch and look at some famous paintings you heard about, but they don't really know how to look at art and they think of it as more of an adventure, a little outing. And actually there is a, a way that you can bring just the viewing of art, not the making of art necessarily, into your life by understanding what you're looking at. Really be able to appreciate what somebody might have painted centuries ago in a different time era, but has something in it that communicates to universally to all the world. So I'm speaking to not only painters, and in some of my classes too, I have non-painters, if you want to call it that, uh, and, and as well as people that will want to try out the different techniques, but some people just want to watch. You know, I'm kind of like that when it comes to baking, because I don't bake at all, but I sure do enjoy that great baking show, British Baking Bake Off. It's just fun to see how, how it's done, and it's, it's visually stimulating. So I understand, and this, this happened a lot during the pandemic when we had Zoom classes, and people just wanted to kind of watch me do demonstrations, and, and they may never have picked up the brush the entire semester, but it's still fun and entertaining. Okay, so I just wanted people to, on Anchor to be aware that they can go to wendysonison.com and find more material if they're interested or if they just want to uh, listen to my thoughts about Anchor that on Anchor, that's fine too. All right, bye for today.